Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of the Community Baptist Church Service of December the 2nd of 2007. This morning our pastor, Dr. Tim Hobbs, will be preaching on Making Ourselves Ready. The scripture today will be from Matthew 24, verses 37 through 44. Our choir will be singing an anthem of Jesu, Joy of Man's Desire. Miss Nora Hobson will be doing the children's moment. We now unite with the service in progress.
Today is the first day of Advent, which is preparation time for the birth of our of God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our friend, our brother, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Each Sunday during the Advent season, we will light a different candle in our Advent wreath, uh, representing different things uh, leading up in preparation to this time. And uh, today we light the candle. Larry will be lighting a candle in just a moment. And I'd like to invite you um, to join with me in responsive reading uh, as we light the candle. We will do this for four weeks, uh, representing different aspects of preparation until Christmas Eve, when we will light the Christ candle, which is the white candle in the center. Lighting a candle is a simple Yet profound act. It is a testimony to the power of light over darkness. When we look at the world around us, we can see pain in suffering. But as we light the first candle of Advent, we see that the light of one candle shines brightly in the darkness. As we light the candle, we begin our journey to Christmas in anticipation of the day when Christ will return in glory. Praise be to God and the Son, Jesus Christ. With great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope. In our hope of Christ's return, we find the strength for each new day. This is the candle of hope. Eternal and holy God, we praise and we honor you as we gather in the name of your dear Son, Jesus. During this Advent season, we sense your nearness in the songs that we sing and in the words that we hear from your Holy Scripture. We pray that your light and peace will radiate around us and and within us as we worship you today. We praise and thank you for this house of worship and for this body of your church. In expectation and in hope, we worship you now and each day of our lives until Jesus comes to claim his own and to redeem the world. May your presence be strong in this place today. And may your presence be strong in our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Word for kids, have you ever thought? Ain't no use for Santa Claus. Look what the store just bought. Thank God for kids. We'd all live in a quiet house. Our big bird on a Mickey Mouse. Kool-Aid on the couch. Thank God for kids. Thank God for kids is magic for a while. Simple kind of sunshine in their smile. If you ever stop to think and wonder why, the nearest thing to heaven is a child. Daddy, how does this thing fly? A hundred other ways and wires. Don't know, but you still try. Thank God for kids. When you look down into those trusting eyes, they look at you and you realize love you just came by. Thank God for kids. Thank God for kids is magic for a while. Special kind of sunshine in their smile. Did you ever stop to think and wonder why? The nearest thing to heaven is a child. When you get down on your knees tonight, thank the Lord for His guiding light. You pray that they come out right. Thank God for kids. Thank God for kids. All you children can come forward now. Miss Nora is going to meet you up front for your children's moment, okay? Thank you. Good morning. How is everyone this morning? Fine? I brought a book this morning to share with you because we have started with the advent of Christmas. And today is the first of it. And we're celebrating. And Larry just lit the candle of hope. Well, advent, the word advent means to wait. So I brought an author that I knew you were familiar with, Dr. Seuss. You ever heard of him? And I'd re- I want to read to you a part of it, and in which he is t- in his book, Oh, the Places You Will Go, he's talking about the waiting place. He describes the waiting place as a useless place for people to go. For people just waiting, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, or waiting around for a yes or a no, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting, waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for the wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or for a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wing of curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. It has been said that if you live 70 years, you will spend three years of your life waiting. Now, I don't particularly like waiting. Do you? What do you do when you're waiting? Bitches? (laughs) Well, one of the things you could do is read a good book, or you could work on... This is what Rachel likes to do. Word searches, or... Work on a puzzle, like a Sudoku puzzle. Those are fun to do. Or you could even work on studying for your weekly spelling test. But you have those words right in your pocket, you think? Today is our first Sunday of Advent, and it means, as I said, to come. Do you know what is coming? Yeah, very good. Christmas is coming. And it takes a long time to wait. Do you know what the longest night of the year is? 
Christmas Eve, you're anticipating the coming of Santa Claus. Well, we as Christians are anticipating the coming of our our Lord. So what this has suggested are some things you can do while you're waiting. One of them is that you could um, think about ways you could give instead of receive. You could uh, call somebody on the phone. You could say a prayer. I wanted to show you one of the things that I have been doing while I've been waiting. Been spending a little time waiting. Now, I'm not done. Of course, that means I must still be waiting. But in this is a baby blanket that I have cross-stitched. And in those stitches, I have thought about a lot of different people and said a lot of different prayers. Because it has helped me, even while I'm waiting and thinking I'm wasting my time, it has even given me time to pass on my cares and thoughts about other people. So while you're waiting for Christmas to come, enjoy this time, too. Don't, take, don't forget to take time to enjoy the lights, the music, and the fun of Christmas while you're taking care of others. Now, I understand it's supposed to be a present. So while you were waiting so patiently, as I told you this story, I have a piece of peppermint for you. And you can come now and <laughs> get some peppermint, and then you can go back. And thank you for waiting. Group we have today is Act One, plus one, a la Monty Python. If that, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. about the things we want or things we think we need in our lives. God's people were impatient about the promise that a Messiah would be sent to bring peace. Even today, we sometimes get impatient about waiting for Jesus to return to this world to give us relief from our problems and struggles. During these Advent seasons, we can celebrate the hope we we have because we know that one day God will make all things right.
thank you, dear Lord, for this opportunity that we have to give back some of the many blessings that you have given us. We thank you especially for the gift that we are looking forward to celebrating, the gift of your son, Jesus. Help us this season to share our blessings with those around us. Amen.
Boy, we certainly are an eclectic bunch of folks here at Community Baptist Church, aren't we? In that we can sing songs from happy birthday to Bach and make it all work. What a wonderful privilege that is to be a part of a, such a diverse group of folks. Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, beginning with verse 37. Or 36, actually. About that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So, too, will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken, and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of God for you and me. There is a ridiculous little story about a man who was riding through Manhattan in a taxi cab one day, and the taxi driver was rather reckless. In fact, at the very first intersection they came to, the cab driver ran right through the red light. Well, Mr. Smith yelled, hey, what's the big idea here? That was a red light. And the cabbie replied, don't worry, fella, it's okay. My brother drives a cab also, and he does it all the time. So Mr. Smith grits his teeth and and tries to remain as calm as he possibly can. But he loses his cool when the driver runs a second red light. Are you insane? You're just asking for trouble, he yells. But the cabbie says, I know what I'm doing, man. My brother runs red lights all the time and nothing's ever happened to him. And then at the third intersection, the cabbie slows down and he stops at a green light. And so the passenger asks, what's your problem? That light's green. And the cabbie says, yeah, but you never know when my brother might be coming through. That's a dumb joke, I know. You don't have to tell me, I know. (laughs) But at least that taxi driver was prepared. I mean, after all, you never knew when his brother might be coming through running that traffic light. A few weeks ago, I referred in, in a sermon to a book by Carl Shaw with the title Oddballs and Eccentrics. And in this book, Shaw chronicles the lives of many curious people, people who have lived their lives somewhat outside of the box. For example, he told about a British squire named George Edward Deering. He lived a mysterious double life. For years, the servants at his mansion hardly ever saw Deering, except for on Christmas Eve, when he would suddenly appear, and then he would read his mail and then vanish again on Christmas Day. That was it. He was there on Christmas Eve, and then he was gone on Christmas morning. Sometimes he would pop in on other occasions, but but very rarely, not very often at all. Nevertheless, he always maintained a full staff of seven servants, and these servants all had strict instructions to have a mutton chop handy at all times, just in case he turned up unexpectedly. So in other words... They had to be prepared. They never knew when their master would visit them again. And that's kind of the way it is with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because we never know when we just might encounter the risen Lord. And so on this first Sunday of Advent, it is our opportunity to make ourselves ready. 
watching and waiting for the coming of our king. Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, keep awake or keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. My friends, we need to take this summons to be ready more seriously than I feel that we do. My guess is that we will spend much more time in the next few weeks preparing for the celebration of Christmas than we will in a lifetime preparing ourselves for the reign of Christ in our world. Unfortunately, for many people today, the celebration of Christmas has been turned on its head and we have lost our focus. A few years ago, the B.C. comic strip had a Christmas cartoon that read like this. In the first panel, a small ant said to his father, Dad, who is Jesus? And the father ant replied, He is the reason for the season. And then in the next panel, the small ant says, But Dad, I thought Santa Claus was the reason for the season. And the father ant replied, He is, if you prefer Nintendo over eternal life. Well, I guess that's the problem in a nutshell, isn't it? We're focused on the things of this world. And the promise of a better world seems too distant for us, too remote for us. But if that world is to come, then we need to prepare ourselves for it. We need to be ready for its coming. Indeed, we need to be instrumental in ushering in this age of a better world, because that's what Christ has called on us to do. You remember what he said? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a world in which the love of God, not the judgment of mankind, is the watchword of the day. It is a world in which all men and women and boys and girls will be equal in the sight of others and justice will reign and everyone will have all of their needs met and the people on the margins of society will be brought in to the community of love and of, and of faithfulness. And Jesus tells us that one day this world will come into existence and we need to be ready for its coming by practicing its precepts right here and now. We need to be prepared. And I think first, the first thing we need to do in our preparation is to focus on our relationships. Because really, relationships is what life is all about. Now, right now, I, I imagine that many of you are thinking about what gifts you can buy for those who are significant in your life. And, and that's a good thing to do. Bringing gifts, giving gifts brings joy both to the receiver and to the giver. And that's a wonderful part of the Christmas season. But this season of the year gives us the opportunity to do more than merely give gifts to one another. This is an opportunity for us to restore any relationship that may have been broken. It's an opportunity for us to strengthen relationships that have been weakened for some reason or another. It is an opportunity for us to make stronger any relationships that are vital to our emotional and our spiritual well-being. Relationships are very important in our life, and we need to tend to them. Dr. Mickey Anders tells about twin girls who had been born 12 weeks premature in the medical center hospital in Worcester, Massachusetts. They each weighed in at about two pounds apiece. They had been placed in separate bassinets after their birth, and one started to do just fine, but the other one began to slowly fade. Her heartbeat was rapid. She was visibly anxious and and nothing the nurses could do seemed to be able to to stop what they saw as her inevitable death. 
But then one nurse remembered something that she had read about treatment of premature infants. And and as, as a last resort, the nurses put the weaker twin right into the bassinet next to her bigger sister. Her bigger sister was all of three ounces heavier than the smaller child. And in the words of one of the nurses on duty, the results were both immediate and dramatic. The smaller child snuggled up to her sister and her heart rate immediately slowed down to a normal rate. Her color came back. The baby visibly relaxed, almost it seemed with a sigh of relief. She accepted nourishment and the crisis was over. She would survive. My friends, what our children need this Christmas and others who are important to us is, is not just a bunch of things. What they need and what we all need is time with people who love them, people who will affirm them. What they need is us. This world, this whole world is spun into existence out of a desire for relationship. God's desire for human beings to share creation with God. And when God wanted to redeem this world, God did it through a baby. God's son. So you see, it's all about relationships. And and to prepare for Christ's coming and Christ's reign in this world, we need to begin by focusing on our relationships. But then we also, I think, we need to focus on our responsibilities. And, And I'm thinking specifically here about our responsibilities to Jesus. Christ really is the forgotten guest at his own birthday celebration. And I believe that this is the best time of the year to consider how devoted we really are to Christ's kingdom. Pastor Barry Dawson tells about an amazing woman named Helen. Helen was from a German family who had made their home in Russia. But during Stalin's reign, German citizens were targets of persecution and and attacks. But fortunately, Helen and a small group of other girls escaped from Russia. They traveled by foot over rough terrain with no resources available to them at all, except for the clothes on their backs, till they reached Germany. Helen's family were not so lucky. Her parents died in a labor camp in Siberia. Once in Helen, once in Germany, Helen found work as a maid, but her employer was a cruel woman who threatened to kill Helen if she ever left. But eventually Helen was able to leave Germany. She emigrated to Canada where she had a cousin and and he offered to let Helen work as a maid in his household And she had no money at all. She didn't know a word of English, so it seemed like a good situation to her, except Helen's cousin was a very evil man who raped her repeatedly. And when Helen became pregnant with her cousin's child, her cousin and his church forced her out of the town. So she moved to another town in Canada. Eventually, she got married and and raised a family. Pastor Dawson um, met Helen late in her life after her husband had died. She was still a woman of modest means. She did not have much to her life, but she was a woman who was strong in her faith and in her love. Helen's church had been debating the need for hiring a youth pastor. And like most churches, they operated on a very tight budget where And they were wondering where were they going to find this money to pay for this youth pastor. And then Helen spoke up. Ever since she was a small child, Helen had dreamed of playing the piano. And of course, her troubled childhood in Russia and her exile to Germany put that dream on hold. Even after her marriage to a good man, the realities of work and and life and children and family prevented her from accomplishing her life's dream. But finally, she purchased a piano and she intended, after all of these years, to learn to play it. But then she thought to herself, as the, her church was debating about hiring this youth pastor, she thought, what's more important here? 
learning to play the piano, or telling young people about the love of Jesus Christ. And so that night she pledged to donate the $60 a month that she intended to use for piano lessons to the youth fund. After that, everyone was so inspired by Miss Helen that they voted unanimously to hire a youth pastor. My friends, I believe Helen was ready. She was ready not only for Christmas. She was ready for Christ. So don't get so caught up in the superficial busyness of Christmas that you forget the essential business of Christ. God sent God's Son into the world to redeem it. And we are the ones whom God has called to continue the work that Christ began 2,000 years ago. So let's make sure that we make this season a, a season of true preparation. Focus on your relationships. Focus on your responsibilities. And, and finally, one more thing. In order to prepare ourselves for meeting Christ, we need to focus on our Redeemer. There's a church in a small Swiss town that was renowned for its beautiful pipe organ. In fact, the music from this organ was so moving, so resonant, and so rich that those who heard it swore that they saw visions of God. Worshippers left that church each, each Sunday inspired to live their lives in a, such a way that it reflected the glory of God because of the awesome music of that pipe organ drew their hearts closer to God. However, over time, the organ pipes began to lose their, their rich sound and the music became thin and mediocre. The church's pastor brought repairmen in from all over Switzerland to examine the organ, but none of them were able to restore its wonderful sound. And then one night, a shabby-looking stranger showed up at the doors of the church and he went, he went to the church and he asked the, the caretaker if he could stay there. That night, well, the caretaker was a bit suspicious of the stranger, but the caretaker's daughter was was moved by the, the glow in the stranger's eyes. And so she convinced the caretaker to allow him to stay at the church that night. Later on that night, in the wee hours of the morning, actually, the caretaker woke up to hear the church sanctuary filled with beautiful music. And the music was not thin and ordinary. It was rich and resonant and soaring tones that once filled the hearts and the, of, of the worshipers there. And so he ran to the sanctuary. And as he got there, he realized that he was not the only one. People from the town, from the village, were all congreg uh, uh, congregating there in the sanctuary. And they sat down in reverent awe, praising God for the beauty that they experienced. And sitting there at that organ was that shabby-looking stranger that the caretaker had led into the church earlier that day. When the music stopped, the caretaker asked the stranger, Who are you? The stranger said, My name is Gott. But, but who are you that you could restore this beautiful music of this organ? And so with a smile on the face, the the stranger wiped some dust off of the mantle of the organ. And, and underneath that dust in gold letters was the name Gott. Many years ago, I built this organ with my own hands, he explained. And now I have come to make it sing again. That's kind of... The way our relationship is with God. Advent and Christmas are times of reaffirming our relationships and our responsibilities. But more than anything else, Advent is a time for us to focus on our Redeemer. Because my friends, only the one who has created us can truly heal us 
of our brokenness. So my challenge to all of us today is this. Let us commit ourselves today to be ready for the coming of Christ's kingdom. Let us be ready to meet God even today. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 189, the lily of the valley. God is here and God is in each of our lives. God is the creator of our lives and it is God who can put our brokenness back together as the shabby man did with the organ. It is God who can make our lives sing again. It is God who can take the brokenness that has happened to us through life and make it right again. Perhaps there's someone who needs to make that commitment to God for the first time today and accept the healing that God has for you. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come. We invite you to make that commitment to Christ that you need to make. Or we invite you to come and unite with our church today if that's the commitment that God's leading you to. However God is leading you today, we invite you to come as we sing the lily of the valley. Would you come? May we go from this place in the anticipation of God's grace and mercy. May we go in anticipation of Jesus' love and forgiveness. And may we go in the anticipation of the Holy Spirit's presence and comfort and hope in our lives. May we all go in peace. Amen.